me if you can't hear me. Yeah, yeah, I can hear you fine. It's oh, uh, no problem. Great. So, uh, welcome to um, Fallout episode <laughs> 83. Excellent start. Start. You uh, mean to go on, Brent? This is round... confidence. Where did all these confidence words come from? Pants. I know. <laughs> this is the first episode of round two. So, if this is your first episode, you are in the wrong place. Fuck off. I go back to the beginning and start and do it properly. So it's a fall showdown, all 525 songs going head to head. But now we're round two, only 256 songs left. An ultimate showdown now split into two eras, 77 to 93, 94 to 17. Thank you to all them people out there, such as the annotated Fall Few, for letting me steal from them every week uh the puritans and oh brother and the track record tonight grand friday versus pat trip dispenser damo suzuki versus australians in europe quartet of doc shanley versus the pash the past hashtag two joined by pip billy william rugby spine fuhrer how are you doing, Pip? I'm doing fine, Paul. I'm I'm really, really quite shocked we've got this far, to be totally honest with you. So, cloud nine, man. Cloud nine. Cloud bleeding nine, isn't it? Lord Sage Temple, he's not turned up because he's got a babby making the eggs go gooey. Uh, Pemberton Walker over there, big shot on the rock. How are you doing, Alistair? I'm good. I've got a good pair of hands. You're excited, aren't you? So excited. <laughs> Tiny Tim Twires. Is Tim joining us from the other side? Yes, has tapped on through from the other side, yeah. Chris Barrow's got on holiday and i am tree beards o'reilly o'shaughnessy the lie down liar strikes back patreon chippings from leon jumble sale michael e and for real we have um ben wallers of the rebel slash country teaser slash etc for real hello ben hello how are you uh very well yes i've had a jar of coffee or a jug because it was real coffee this morning so i've had a jug of coffee and nice. i took some of these uh more cup more cups of coffee so, I see so I'm totally you did. wired yes. yeah there totally we wired we can see we can we can all see that um well it's delightful that uh we we um tracked you down on the interwebs and got you over here. So, um, yeah, I'm going to start off by playing a, a few of your tracks, but don't uh, feel that you have to comment or, you know, anything on that stuff. We the, can, right, Brian? Lads, we can you love it. You you two love it, don't you? Are you, are you going to actually play the whole song? Because no, 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 you're not, are you good? It's going to be like it's be like Desert Island Disc, so you just play Oops. a tiny bit. Uh, it's more like... It'll Back. put a beat behind and just mix them all together. Stars on 45, isn't it? Have I? Can I do this, though? They all sound the same anyway. That's what I thought. But you know what? <laughs> we'll do it. We'll do it anyway. Uh, where we are. All right. So I asked these lads to give me some songs they like to be yours. That film. Um, Running Lost Man. in Translation. Lost in Translation. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I can't help talking now because this is a good one. I'm, Happy with this song. It's good on the song. You talk about it's fine. You talk about it. It's a bit embarrassing hearing yourself singing, though, to be honest. Uh, all right. uh, the, um, uh, a, guy, a guy came to a gig once in Germany and he had that tattooed on his arm. My, that little me, that's me in the middle. And he had it tattooed on his arm. Yeah, and he was really so excited to be at the gig and he'd come on a bus from 
don't know, a long way away and he had two friends with him and they were really nervous because they said he's a bit drunk, we don't think he's going to make it and he didn't make it at all, he didn't see any of the gig, he was just like asleep at the front and then he woke up at the end and, and you know. That's the best way to see him, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, good. Well, I'm very thank you for choosing this one, guys. I'm very proud of this one. Although it's out of date, they're really the biggest threat on the, on the, on the page anymore, are they? Sort of faded out. This is like the, it's like the clip on threads. When we uh, we did this thing with threads and this is set, it's oh, yeah. essentially the same like things he's saying. But yours is real. Yes, it was a news reader, <clears throat> and I recorded it because he he stumbled over something. I can't remember what it was. It, in enrichment. That's right. He was trying to say nuclear enrichment. The rain. What's it called then? Hide there. Uranium so you have to enrich. Thank you, yes. Thank you. He couldn't say he couldn't say uranium enrichment. It's difficult though, isn't it, actually? It's, they do a good job, those newsreaders, don't I, they? I fast forward it to the bits because I heard you say in one of the interviews that it doesn't count it, there's no singing. And I, I think um Correct. I, I agree with that. Yeah, he's gotta be he's gotta be singing, hasn't it? Otherwise it's not a song. Uh, he's, he's an excellent DJ, as you can tell. Well, yeah, you know. Right. This is my this is a masterclass in Is it? Is this your favorite album? I'm thinking very fast. I'm thinking clearly. Oh, right, yes, yes. I was recording a lot at this time, though. Uh, I had a house. No children, no job, no job. So I was literally recording music basically uh, all day. And sometimes in the night as well, after bedtime. That's beautiful. Did a lot of the, that rebel stuff that you've got on Bandcamp, a lot of it from that era then? Yes, that was my golden period, like uh, uh, 2001 to 2003. I did mo- did lots of albums, but I sort of cranked out one or two a year uh, until I got a decent job uh, in 2003. Eight, and then I slowed down a bit. Uh, yeah, have, you got, have, you got, um, have you got a favourite Rebel album? I'm very proud of Kufa and Brown Girl in the Ring mm-hmm. um, because it's a bit boring, but I I, um, I had a digital eight-track uh, that I'd really got to grips with, and I had a four-track that I've always loved, and, I, and I'd got a decent setup somewhere or, or in various places, and I was able to record drums, you know, that sounded good to me and um and i think i even had a computer as well on, on brown girl in the ring which i don't like to really use i just don't enjoy 
using computers really i've tried you know but i don't really like it and uh you prefer so, an analog approach then so you're, you're recording. yeah pressing stop and and uh, big big switches and buttons i prefer to 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 mouse mouses and mice but i also have never really worked out how to make things sound good on a computer although um there's exceptions to that like uh, uh <clears throat> me and alistair McKinman from the country teasers we've got a duo called the stallion and we recorded our cover of pink floyd the wall uh on garage band and we managed to to make make that uh, sound good <laughs> yes that's that's fine what's um ben what's what's your way into the fall what's your history with that rock and roll unit? oh well you know it's been really nice uh reminiscing because this tape here is um uh the tape where my friend, the cleverest boy in school in 1987, John Wilson, he played chess for England. That's how clever he was. And he got the top scholarship. He uh, used to go out to watch bands, like he'd go off the school grounds, which was illegal, obviously. And um, he was going to watch Napalm Death at, Cam at Camden Dingwalls. And he asked me, could I record this band, The Fall, the Peel session on John Peel and um, I didn't really know what I was doing I don't think I really uh, had recorded like a, some, <laughs> something off the radio for somebody else for where you had to get it right so I didn't get it completely right and I missed the beginning of Australians in Europe off that session but anyway I taped it and I wasn't really that it was a bit it was a bit over my head really I mean I was into uh, I think I'd started listening to John Peel but I was into um, some shit music that I don't want to spoil my image by mentioning here although it's all good now thanks to absolute eight and um frankie goes to hollywood i was really into frankie goes to hollywood actually but um but yeah so that was the first thing i had and I t and and um to this day i still it's like it was burned into my hard drive because you know i was saying on on, our, on the thing like um when i hear a thing for the first time it's sort of burned in and uh and then if i hear another version of that song for instance i just can't stand it and, and i will make an objective statement like that's shit that is which is not true because it's just my taste. But the, the Peel session of, uh, of 1987, which is the first thing of the fall I listened to or heard properly, remains my favourite, uh, about 15 minutes of the fall. Nice. You know? well, well, it's interesting to start with Australians in Europe. We're not going to start with that. We're going to start with um, something Grand else. Grand Friday. What's Grand Friday, yeah, off grotesque. So let's have a listen. Yes. But before yes. what we before that, there's those people listening to like, but what what were those country teasers songs that was uh, set in Israel again? And what was that? It was uh, please stop Ira fucking. Iran's, yes. it, Iran's nuclear threat. Yeah, and please stop fucking each other. That was Great. it, wasn't it? Great tunes. Yeah. Good tunes. Well, let's Thank have you a listen. Have a listen to the fall. Um, Rock and roll band. I'm going to play that later. And that. Uh, and that. But first. Oh, good. Oh no, Phil, you play the songs, don't you? Why don't you play um in a way? I don't know, I've lost track of what's going on today. Phil, it's why don't like perfect start? <laughs> it's so <laughs> exciting, isn't it? You know. It's crazy, isn't it? Wait, wait, we've got a Amazing. Are you really in are you, uh, thank you. And uh, where where are you, Al, in geography in uh, the world? Pardon? Pemberton, Nova Scotia. He's in Wigan. <laughs> in Pemberton, Wigan. Yeah. The miracle of, of science. I I've, I've got no idea you could be lying and and brendan are you really in japan or is that yeah, bullshit I'm, as well i'm really in japan you know you're really in japan yeah and uh but these other two lads they're just in wigan which is nowhere near as <laughs> hey what do you mean just wigan <laughs> oh well i take it back there it's not so exciting after all is it really nah. i was gonna say how exciting it was oh, <laughs> this is the motherland it is. Let's, hit, let's hear some grand friday by the 
rock and roll group the fall and then we'll judge it yeah great i've got my mark i've got to get a couple of number cards yeah yeah in fact i only need to make one one number card for every song ten yeah Hey, how did you guess? Because you could, I could have said 11, couldn't I? Like 11. Oh, I love the Spinal Tap joke, yeah? Yeah, yeah 11. Tap. There we go, 11. People I like. One more. People I like live. Yeah, I love this. I like I've got an argument going with some friend of mine where he says that Dragnet is better than grotesque and i say that grotesque is better than dragnet but then if we if we don't talk to each other for a while i forget which way round it is and then i say dragnet's better than grotesque and he says uh, yeah no that's that's what i say and then i say no, no sorry i mean uh, grotesque is better than drag <laughs> obviously dragnet is better well you're known you're known wait a minute but, yeah it is which one which one's better no i, yeah. I paid attention there it's like that you know that you know the uh the, the advert for uh for uh mowers it's a lot less bother than a hover yeah yeah, yeah. or is a lot less bother with a hover. Now you see, we had a guy called Scottish Dave where I work, and he couldn't get, the, he couldn't separate the two, and he'd say it's a lot less bother with a hover, and I'd say, but Dave, isn't it? It's a lot less bother than a hover, and he say that's what I said. It's a lot less bother than a hover. And I thought you said it's a lot less bother with a hover. That's what I said. It's a lot less bother with a hover. And it's difficult to remember which is true. That's what I'm talking about: truth and and fake news. That's why we're in such a mess. It's There's no such thing is. anymore. There's no such thing. All, all lawnmowers, neither exist anymore. So you, yeah. you're you're um you're a you're um a provocateur, a shithouser, as they might call you. That's why <laughs> a shithouser. Is that what that means, shithouser? Yeah. So what right. you just yeah. did there by talking over the the you talking over your own songs is okay. You could see Phil's face was okay that, but when you talked over the fault. His face went. He is not happy about that. He's, I was he's taking a risk. I won't do it again, though. I've learned. I'd do lesson. it. I'd well, do there's it. There's got to be rules, aren't there? There's got to be rules, or then where would we be? Yeah, but who makes, makes the rules? France. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah. as his, as is customary, yeah. Pip. What do you think of this song, Grand Friday? Well, as I was listening to the list this week, I was thinking, it's very familiar. <laughs> these songs it's like we've it's like we've heard them all before um this the first thing that jumped out to me when i was re-listening to grand friday is um the intro is is so menacing and you're not quite sure which direction it's going to go in you've got that sort of rumbling bass and the and the, the very high pitched guitar over the top of it and then the most awkward of hooks comes over the top the the people i the people i like live and it's like it's such a weird hook and it's so catchy and you, you it just invests you straight in the song i think it's absolutely brilliant this i think i love the way it's constructed it's so contrarian everything about it it goes from ominous potential pink floyd type opening to to then going into like a peter gunn riff which they they then sort of like pervert as you get further into the song and it's it's so dramatic in places as well it's got this real sense of cabaret about it but that sense of cabaret where all the music stops and that you know they can they can pull some pathos out of the bag and um, i think this is a really astonishing song and i think it's a great way starting round two beautiful isn't it ben what mm-hmm. what uh what do you make of Graham Friday? Me? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I love it as well. And uh, I agree with what Phil said. And, and uh, um, on the album, you know, um, uh, when it when it's 
when it k- kicks in uh it is like a, a surprise but i was think i was trying to think for me it's because the bass is so rich and um deep you know like and so you're sort of you're sort of uh uh well you know you think that when you're listening to grotesque that it's sort of scratchy and a bit out of tune and all, all those other cliches and um probably isn't but 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 the but but after the previous song has finished and then that bass kicks in it's just so rich and it is really ominous and threatening but with the the, the sort of uh, rim shot or whatever it is on the drums it's all it's just very uh, it's a very satisfying sound and um so with the whole of grotesque it's like the whole thing is a feeling of being frustrated and satisfied at the same time which is which is what the fall uh sort of present that nobody else really does where where um it's not i'm not going to be able to express myself but it's like it's not uh perfectly produced like a huge perfect album there's something there's something all uh mysterious and withheld you know like a like a um thing that's withheld you know <laughs> <laughs> but then also you know given yeah it's, it's so and and, and I, I know but i do think that that dragnet for me personally doesn't quite have that and 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 grotesque does and am i right in thinking that grotesque came after dragnet yeah and 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 it's almost like they have leaped ahead in 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 some sort of weird technology that isn't to do with 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 being able to play their instruments better or sound it's just some weird leap and uh, and 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 that was the the way their albums just went i wish i'd been more aware of it at the time or maybe i, I i'm lucky that i wasn't because i didn't get into the fall till 1987 but but going back and buying all these albums very quickly and voraciously as i did it was really mind-blowing about just uh, to, 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 i mean uh, I, you know and, and holding i thought how could this record have been produced and with such a bad sleeve, a horrible drawing, and and the sound is all wrong. And you, you know, how did he get away with doing that, putting those photos there? But he did, you know. And I just thought immediately, you know, no, not many people are geniuses on earth. You know, sorry to say it's a cliche. I'm glad nobody's going to be watching this. It's so embarrassing. But you know, I just think he's a genius. I mean, I'm not dead, by the way, either. Still alive somewhere. I I heard that, but those are just rumors, and we're, we're just sticking to the facts today. I was okay, looking facts. at facts. You, some of your covers, I get you do all the covers for your stuff because some of those are, are beautiful and you know a bit far esque yeah. in 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 some elements. Yeah, that that. Um, what what do you want to say about the covers there, Alistair? What are your favourites? I, I think certainly real again. It's, it's, it's fucking brilliant. It's just an horrific drawing, a self portrait. I think in it, Ben, um, and it looks like you're in a room that's just sort of like with blood all over the walls. Blood on the wall. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, you know, they're, they're all quite different. I mean, that one was was quite amusing. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, what's that? The Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, you, know, you know, destroy all human life as well. It's just like a Polaroid kind of picture. Like, it looks really nice. Sort of, uh, uh, looks like a sunset. Well, not a sunset. It's just a, it's just a really atmospheric lighting on it. Um, kind of like very purple. And you get like a cityscape. Which city is it, Ben? Do you know? Yes, that's London. That's that's out the back. That's my kitchen window in Kentish Town, looking west. It was the sunset. Yes, mm. yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah, the no, same. Yeah, it's all kind of like very uh, a bit far less in in some respects, like to the grotesque like cover, um, which is quite nice. But it all did do quite a, a varied sort of like lot of artwork, and they had various people doing the art. I mean, the the, the, the pitch from grotesque that he was talking about before was uh, drawn by Mark Smith's sister, I think, wasn't it? Yes, yes, but I. I read, I read in in uh, uh, um, 
Paul uh, Paul Hanley's book, and I think I'd read it before as well. But it's really he uh, he puts it really well about how Marquis e. Smith is. Uh, his aesthetic and his 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 rules about doing covers and and um so i would have picked that up off the falls covers that there's a way of doing it that um looks like it's just reacting against the history of rock covers but it's not really and um and i would have just uh learned that like a, a student it would have gone straight in here and then so then all my sleeves uh would have had that as, as sort of some sort of ground rule uh not like it's got to look like a fallout but th there's just a way and i think it's to do with him saying uh something like uh, you know a lot of album covers look like the record label has done the album cover and and when i was young i didn't even know albums came out on record labels and i couldn't give a shit i never looked at the you know it was like there's the music inside the album and then the cover on the front that's by the band as well but you know it's fucking it's a band it's nothing to do with what a record what is a record label anyway I don't give a shit and so i think marky smith is just saying it, uh, like a lot of punks said you've got to do it yourself you know it's your it's your thing why would you why would you let somebody else do the sleeve so you know of course yeah. i don't i'm not quite so strict now but well that but i think um you know smith stole a lot stole a lot of stuff but it was stealing done right and and interpreting it and taking things and the two i i picked here was rocket breaks down and uh nuclear jazz holocaust which i, I really liked and definitely definitely had that same hex kind of like scratch thing but but in in a very unique style and represented the music inside just uh really love that aesthetic uh, thank you alistair what do you reckon to that uh fall, <laughs> fall song that we're that on friday yeah right uh, um, normally uh, i'd be gushing about like the the rhythm section um and the best is all right i know i agree with what ben says it's sort of quite powerful when it comes in but it's just like a kind of like fairly straight walking bass what really sort of like in interests me is the guitar on it the way at the beginning uh, Phil kind of made reference to it like how it can sound like very dramatic but it reminds me of some sort of like a soundtrack some sort of like hard boiled detective themed soundtrack you know it's black and white kind of um, third man type thing um, but uh, yeah, it's, it's a cracker and it, I think it's about uh, when uh, Mark Smith was at school and he had um, double grammar lessons on a Friday. I imagine worst mm. of times, wasn't it? And um, whatever gets well, you through it, the it night. Does, I, don't, I don't normally jump on the annotated fall because I'll leave that to you guys, but I did see a reference on it that uh, I, because I had the, I, I, this week I was listening to it and I thought he said, he said, get up in Friday then. And apparently he was knocking around with him at the time, wasn't he? And there's, there's some reference on the annotated fall that that might be part of kind of where the title comes from. I don't know, 1980, because I heard that uh, it was Bricks who got in touch with him like a few years later. So I'll take that with a with a pinch of salt but um well you take it up with danny well danny knows his stuff right so he he's <laughs> cited this paul mason thing where they talk about uh bronchi packs the uh ephedrine kind of cheating poor man's speed as they call it <laughs> poor man's speed jesus christ um, <laughs> and uh then they took it they took it and went off to um the greatest dance club in the world which is obviously wigan casino so you know they went they went there but um and then i, I guess this song talking about grand friday like um man friday like it's your helper it's the thing and i one of the live ones he'd been on i've been on the gram since friday i remember working nights with a lad who would do a couple of grams on friday and then come in work on sunday still but i'm about 14 15 e's coming to work on about 
on Sunday, on Sunday night after 48 hours of no sleep and then trying to get me to go robbing hey, road hey, signs listen, with him. Don't, don't knock it till you've tried it. It really takes the edge off. <laughs> <laughs> Can I get back to you on this? Hitler lost his nerve on it. Dr. Morell prescribed it well. I am Robinson Speedo. Skin drops slow to the bone, but I've got hunger anyway. I'm on a Gram Friday. Enter the house of weariness. A bronchi packs. A bronchi packs. Weekend warriors, isn't it? What I does love that uh, line as well? Skin drops slow to the bone. That's right. Beautiful, isn't it? What does uh, Tim think over there? Well, Timothy Twatwa has written uh, the following. Let me get it up. And I said, what's that? Mackie de Twatwa. What's that? Mackie de never been a song that stuck out for me as something I would choose to listen to outside of the album as a standalone thing. But doing this podcast has made me realise how much of a masterpiece it really is. It's quiet and almost gentle for most of it. And that final build-up is wonderful. A lesser band would have gone for a build like you get in techno with a whole spectrum of sewn builds and builds but instead you just get one element at a time Mark's screech punctuation the guitar line getting more fractured and punchy love it yeah I think what you were saying earlier Ben about that jump from Dragnet to Grotesque uh, there's the production I mean people always criticise the production on Dragnet and and it is a bit cleaner on on Grotesque but they've got this way of making uh, building a mood we've said this a bunch of times building a mood which most of the Guns would need to get louder or use distortion, and the fall don't get any louder and don't use any tricks, but it's just menacing as fuck. And um, you got the Peter Gunn kind of bass line and some nice mess squeaking, and just everything is muted and menacing. A uh, simple beat there from Hanley. Um, but yeah, that bass menacing and bouncing along, it's, it's beautiful stuff. Here's what Leon. I had to say over there on the he's giving he's, he's giving he's called it he's giving it a score. Leon Grand Friday, one of the more accessible grotesque tunes for the neophyte, albeit without a chorus. Kind of a mid-paced chug about speeding. Its placement puts it as precursor to the NWRA as opposed to a standout on its own. Um, there's an excellent version on the St Helens album, and JP loved the line: "The people I like live in kitchens and halls." Makes me think of all nighters sat around kitchen tables speeding um great good stuff um shall we move on to what it's up against which is pat trip dispenser off um escape route from the wonderful and frightening in uh, 1984 beautiful <laughs> Nice, nice. Alice, I'm coming to you first. Pat Trip Dispenser. It was a it was B side yeah. Creep single originally as well, wasn't it? It's a good, was it on a Peel session? This as well. I might, I might be wrong on that. Was it Peel? Well, yeah, know. They, they, you know the, the Pat is uh, yeah, it's a patent that they, they got like uh, they're applying for. I think it's still pending. Uh, no, he was he was I think he was a show manager or a roadie or something like that. But uh, it's a good tune. It's fairly simple, but it's an effective riff, a bit Stooges esque. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, I, it's got a groove to it. Uh, it's telling a story. It's functional, but it's good. It's not bad. It's not bad. It was on a Peel session in, in, in 1984 as well. Um, ben, what do you reckon to this one? Well, now I'm wondering about the what's our motivation uh, in the in the the matchup. Like the so uh, if I because I was going to say objectively uh, that I would say that Patrick Dispenser uh, would beat Graham Friday. Ob- like objectively you know what i mean if it was like Production, if it was being song structure you know all the like in the eurovision song concerts all the sort of rules and everything so yeah. and, and and um and i think uh uh, uh getting uh, sentimental again i i think uh the wonderful and frightening world of the fall that the, the vinyl album that's the first fall album i bought i got this tape uh uh not long after or whatever or, or a few years after but i got all this the eps and i got crete uh, as a 12 inch single similar time and uh and um so i'm a bit biased again you know because that's that's my favorite fall album the wonderful and frightening world of the fall and um and patrick dispenser was uh really uh that the, that version you know uh was really uh the production is, is so it's so uh violent the way it crashes in and then it continues to be violent all the way through to the end and it does slightly you know when when he when he goes near the end um with paper in the in the course you know that that's when the hairs stand up on the back of your neck if you thought you know you thought they already were you know you, you couldn't get any higher kind of thing and um so that patrick dispenser was i think probably my favorite fall song for a long time although i didn't really think think about things in that way i was so overcome with with um with blind adulation for everything they did but um and we covered it the country teasers covered it uh when we had to uh cover some fall songs which we never did because it's too hard but we we uh played at the launch party for uh simon ford's book about the fall right and um yeah it was a small affair and um uh yeah and we played patrick dispenser and i can't remember what the other two were i can't remember that's a shame anyway um yes and uh did it get recorded that then? I, I don't know. I could search it on the internet, I suppose. But the but uh, uh, I doubt it. I don't think it did. But um, but I found out then, as you do when you cover try and cover a, a song, how fragile it is, and, and how many things have to be exactly right. And so the Peel session version of that, like a lot of like a lot of versions, I, you know, I don't really don't like to listen to it because. Because the the, the 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 version is perfect, it, like but but Barney from New Order said um, with regard to playing on top of the pops and miming, he said, uh, "Forgive me if I misquote, but he said it's it's good to go on top of the pops and mime because that's better than trying to play it live because it's not going to be anything like the perfect. You know, you've recorded the song, that's it, it's finished, and uh, you won't you can play a version of it live to to satisfy a, a uh, an audience with very low standards, but um, you know." <laughs> Patrick Dispenser, the the production um, somehow captured the, all the notes and everything. Oh, it's absolutely amazing! So yeah, I, I uh, thought somebody was going to come in then, but but um, I really really loved that song and I've loved it for uh, uh, since about 1987, un, un, uh, unrequitedly. <laughs> Did, when you got when you played that, I was going to ask you a couple of things related to that. I was going to ask you if you'd ever covered the Forks. I never found any covers that you did, and 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 I'm sure you probably did a decent job, but almost nobody does. Like every fall cover is almost awful. One of the only good ones, and I think you you know these lads. There was a Yummy Fur did 
um, Fiery Jack, one of the oh. few um, good fall covers. Because I think there was a connection between the yeah, male yeah, nurse we, and Yummy Fur. Yeah, yeah, and and uh, the drummer, our drummer Lawrence Worthington, uh, uh, he he had been in Yummy Fur. Yeah, and we knew them very well up in Scotland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, but I haven't heard their their version. But we, but we, I covered Mollusk in Tyrol actually, and because uh, you can't really go wrong with that one. So, yeah, it's just noise in it and a great beat. And um, and I used to, I always used to cover Pinball Machine that the four covered the, the country song. Yes, cover of a cover. That's probably probably the best way to kind of do it. Yeah, yeah. rapper recycling. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, what, what do you reckon to uh, Pat Tripp dispenser Philip Rigby? Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna jump straight off with where Ben's left off though, really, because. I, for me, I love the arrangement of this. The way the guitar, the the different roles that the guitars play in the song, are brilliant. You've got like you've got shimmery texture going on. You've got this kind of whammy bar experiments going on all the way through it. And I I think the the touch of all them guitar sounds through it, and the way that the not just individually, but the the coming together, the arrangement of all them sounds. I could listen to this for hours. It's brilliant, and it's uh, the riff, uh, the the sort of bass riff that everything hangs off is good enough to just play it's it's one of them handley riffs where it's you can just chug that all day long and it's it's going to be fantastic everybody's going to have a fun time um i thought i thought ben's use of the word violent was interesting with the guitars as well because the 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 thing that stands out to me weirdly is how relaxed mez is in his vocal performance it's almost like he's leaning back on an elbow as he's he's delivering these kind of lines i mean there's still snarl there but it's it's just this really uh, matured way of of getting the, the the sound of his vocal across, um, and the guitars are in your face all the way through it. So again, it's that lovely juxtaposition, isn't it? That tension all the time of you know not quite not quite being sure of what emotions are going to come out of this experience with uh, with this particular song. So yeah, I, I I think it's astonishing as much as I as much as I cooed over the previous one, and this is a hell of a good uh, test of our metal in terms of this competition round two these two coming up against each other I'm going to call it and this is my favourite out of the two whether it's objectively or subjectively better I think this is this great fucking ch- I love it it's uh, the bricks and and Craig, yeah, those guitars that are chiming back and forth and layered is really, really nice. Some nice wonky syncopation. Mez low in the mix and taking his time doesn't quite hit though for me. It's uh, meanders a little bit too much. As much as I like the picture he's painting, he moves slow at the petrol stop. It's Pat, the trip dispenser. He came with solvent in his hair, the trip dispenser. Spine Fuhrer of Hoboken. It's Pat, the trip dispenser. McGinty thought he could fool the fall with his imitation speed, but he had not accounted for the psychic nose. You know, do you know I read that opening line? I think I wrote that down, I'd say, in my notes. I've put, he moves slow at the petrol stop. Great brushstroke of character and vibe, the liminal of the petrol station. We were talking about 3am before the record button got, got started, and to me, petrol stations are like part of the quintessential drug experience, aren't they? It's like, you know, for, you know, whatever you're queuing up for or whatever you're queuing up behind, this everyone's got a petrol station story. 
Yeah, that's interesting. Both of these refer to essentially poor man's speed because this chap apparently used to like <laughs> pass off anything he could, like caffeine and in talcum powder or whatever. But um, Danny says that there's a, the Rock is also a shopping centre in Berry. So um, <laughs> Pat Trip, this is what Leon says. Pat Trip immediately likable due to Lecky's detailed but raw and big production. Um, Bricks and Scammers double guitar dueling works perfectly with a scratchy riff and melodic line. The great dropouts and builds which they also pull off in no bulbs mez brings us into fall world making the mundanity 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 of a speed dealing tour manager manager into a <laughs> into a fantastical world weird paper could be a single long line in an alternative psychedelic dimension um beautiful so <clears throat> what's tim think well i'll tell you what you've asked me so nicely not a fan of this one it's a bit breeders like but a boring version <laughs> I like the bass line, but there's no dynamism in the rest of it. It just goes bop, bop, bop. Ooh. <laughs> He's a twat, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> I can clown. Twat by name, twat by nature. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Let's get him. Next time he's right, we'll get him. Um that's everyone though, so it's time to take a vote. Our man over there on our sold vote, Michael. He has gone for um Graham Friday, and so am I. So that's two. And I think it's coming down to this. It's easy though, isn't it? Because go on, Pat. Pat. Which way you're going for Pat Trip, Ben? Yeah. For sure. Yes. You made that yeah. clear. Well, go on, Al. Who do you like better? Me or Brendan? I hate you both. <laughs> I'm, I'm, gonna go, I'm gonna go Grand Friday. Easy, isn't it? Oh, I mean it was three two was it three two then to Grand Friday? Oh hang on, hang on. No, done yet. But oh. Tim Tim didn't like Grand Friday. Tim didn't like um Pat to He trip. said no, it was shit, right? right? Three one, yeah. <laughs> but you like it, Phil, right? You said that, so it's four yeah, two. Yeah, I actually. get double. I get double, right? Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter because it's easy. It's easy. Everyone agrees that Grand Friday is better and Pat Tripp is shit and whoever thinks he's good is an idiot. So <laughs> let's move on to what to the next um the next uh, which is i am damo suzuki actually damo's coming round tonight is he is he coming damo coming you're not saying anything though play the song phil i'll see if i can warm him up Ben, have you ever seen that uh, film by Tony Hancock called The Rebel? That's where I got my name from, Brendan. Know, That's I know, why I'm called I know. The I, watched, I watched the videos. I watched two of them and you told the story oh. like almost identical in both fronts. <laughs> and when, when someone asked you, like, where did you get the name from? You said, oh, that's an interesting question. And then told like word for word the same story. Is that is that what you do? Um, I've got a very bad memory. And uh, I'm really polite, you know, polite to a fault. So, yeah, that's what I do, Brendan. Yeah, you know. <laughs> <laughs> 
But it's very nice. A lot though. of people haven't seen the film. A lot of people haven't seen the film. So, you yeah. know, and I'm aware well, of being for those people to a large audience. Seen, for those people who haven't seen the film, Ben, who did you get the name The Rebel? Thanks for asking me that, Phil. It's from a film called The Rebel. Um, actually, no, uh, The Fall. You know The Fall are called The Fall because of a book by yeah, Camus or Sartre. Camus. Yeah, yeah. Camus. Yeah. I knew it was one of them. And uh, there's a book called The Rebel, isn't there? By Sartre or Camus. Camus, yeah. Camus yeah. So there we go. That's cool. I call myself the Rebel. What a fascinating story. Thanks, it's amazing, man. isn't it? Sharing, yeah. Ben. yeah, no worries. Yeah. No, I've never seen that film with Tony Hancock. I've never seen it. I don't know what it's about. <laughs> That's not true. You described the entire plot in that video in the videos. It's about No, the director the director was holding up cards behind the thing. <laughs> And then he went to Paris and turn it over. He went to Paris and became a oh, there's noises off crying daughter, which is a shame. But you know, my my wife's looking after us. So all right, yeah, we can't hear it. But yeah. um, Ezra is um, well. Hopefully, the crying will will stop and, and happiness will return to uh, to the home soon. But yeah, um... getting back to getting back to Hancock. I remember reading a book about him, and uh, there was a bit like when he was really really fucked up. He's a boozer, uh, wasn't he? He was. Uh, he was. He was a complete no. Um, but yeah, a bit where um, he tried giving uh, Georgie Fem a blowjob when he was asleep. <laughs> Georgie Fem's from Wigan. He wouldn't put over that stuff, would he? He's from Lee. Well, he's from Lee. From Lee. He was asleep. He didn't know, did he? Well, he, he wasn't asleep for long. Oh, he <laughs> Tended for a bit, shocker. didn't he? Yeah. Um. <laughs> Is that in the film? Is that in the film, The Rebel? It's in the film. That's most of the second half, yeah. <laughs> the film is very good, though. But yeah, I think you gave this, you, you, when you talked about it, you feeling like, you know, you were kind of just winging it and blagging it and shouldn't really be. Um, but that's surely that's not true. Your, your rock and roll music is wonderful. Thank you. But, um, but it's it was like uh, all my friends were artists and um they'd gone to art school and um uh you know the male nurse it was uh, uh i don't know if they were all at art school but it was it was based around art school keith Parker was at art school and got first and um and uh and and i started having uh, a good time when i lived in edinburgh when i met all these people that were at art school and art was sort of uh, our life going to art openings getting drunk and um and uh yes and so i did and, and i'd gone to university i wasn't allowed to go to art school i had to go to university and um so i was a bit bitter and then uh so yes it was uh it, i felt like the rebel because i did hang out with all artists exclusively and i was pretty much the only one who wasn't an artist uh, i was a, i was a musician of course yes secretly i think that music is higher than the visual arts harder and you have to be a genius to do it so that's what i secretly do think yeah but then the rebel that's like a smoke screen you know to put up in front nice. i don't really think i'm that great you know it's a good, it's a good plan <laughs> <laughs> safety first uh defense is the best form of attack things like that Back belt the braces the walls have ears <laughs> uh you can lead a horse to water but you can't use a torch underwater. Do you remember that quotation? Big Reese, no. big, big night out. Is. <laughs> it all, all like, uh, I just, I'm not going to go off on too many tangents. What do you think about the song I am Damo Suzuki? Oh, yeah. Um, me. Uh, I, I, I love it. And uh, and as it kicked in, I, I feel uh, emotional and all the rest of it. Uh, it's amazing the way it's the climax to the album. And then you've got uh, two encroachment yarbles after it, which is like even more emotional, you know. And um, yeah, the way the drums come in, as he says, 
the drums come in to shock you and then they actually do you don't tend to hear that often in music where the singer makes a poet poetic line out of the musical direction and then the musical direction happens you know so you know uh like um i heard that that, that that's my second favorite fall album it used to be my favorite fall album but i don't like um one of the songs on it victorian spoiled victorian child i don't like it so um but uh, I remember being at my at my school and there was a meeting for the boys who were writing the satirical magazine at the school in our English teacher's uh, house or whatever. And um, it was very chilled out. And I was looking all along the books in his bookcase for some book that I thought might give me a clue to who Damo Suzuki might be. I assumed probably some sort of Eastern philosopher from the fifth century or something because i was fucking clueless you know i didn't think to ask anybody or know you know i was so just i was in a completely isolated insulated little world and so um yeah but then uh it didn't matter you know because it's this mystery mystery thing everything's a mystery with the fall when you when you're first getting into it when you when you found out that he was basically just doing a dodgy impression of Damo Suzuki on this song, what did you think? <laughs> did it make the song better or worse? You think he's doing, it was he's too doing a voice it, there? It was too late, wasn't it? You know, because it had been burned in, burned in. <laughs> and then any, anything you say afterwards is too late. I can't be, I can't be un brainwashed into, oh. you know, so because I got into Cannes a bit a lot later and I love Damo Suzuki's vocals and uh, but I think so. There's a song, right, with the same drum beat, isn't there? Mushroom Head, is it, or something? Oh yeah, is or the closest. Or there's a couple. There's, yeah, a, there's so, a bunch with with a similar beat and bass line, but yeah. And then there's one where Demo is singing pretty much those lyrics, vitamin C and something in a bag and all that. And um, and for me, as an obsessed Fall fan, it was like Can were doing a not very good cover of I Am Demo Suzuki, the Fall song. <laughs> And Damo Suzuki was trying somehow to, to convince everybody that he was a person when, in fact, he was only a character in a song. You know, uh, that's how I felt about it. Very good. We had him on. He, he tried, we had a chat with him a while ago. He's, um, he's, um, he's a cheeky, cheeky character. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's, 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 he's earned it, hasn't he? He's earned his, his oh, yes. right to be cheeky. Indeed. Uh, Alistair, what do you make of this song? So the thing is that it's been like a year or two since we talked about it. So you could just say everything you said first round again and nobody's ever going to know any. Yeah, anything. but I was, at, I was at Al's house the other day and he confessed to me that he lost all his notes from the first round. <laughs> <laughs> That's bad though, isn't it? Just but, to no, read it again. Remember, I remembered a joke for this one. So oh. I am Damo Suzuki and so is my wife. Uh, Brilliant. Mom. Is that a Monty but, Python reference? Oh, that's... Yeah, yeah, <laughs> life of Brian. Uh, but yeah, I fucking love this one. Like. Um, uh, it's just like really atmospheric. The, the drums of timings, great patterns. Yeah, it is a can lift. Um, the the bass brooding deep, uh, and anything with fall with violin on it, I find is, is really fantastic. And it's a, an instrument they should have um, explored a lot more with, I think, because of the how good the, the ones that they did were. But having said that, they might have been shit and it would just cheapen everything. So, you know, it might be fair that they, they only did uh, violin on a couple of ones. Uh, but, yeah, brilliant song. Um, and, yeah, love Damo Suzuki and love the, uh, the song. Beautiful. The Book of Lies. <laughs> they used violin on that one, didn't they? <laughs> Phil Rigby, what do you think of I Am Damo Suzuki, the song? I have put in my notes, one genius salutes another. And I, I think this is, uh, I think it's just a love letter. 
Isn't it, basically, at the end of the day? Um, it's a love letter from the band and from Marky Smith and to another band that, uh, that again, started out trying to do something different by copying the Velvet Underground, but managed to establish their own sound that... Uh, that paved the way. I, I think I just think Can is one of them groups that is a, a bit of a touchstone in conversation with people, isn't it? You know that you're talking to somebody who actually listens to music when they start bringing up a band like Can. So and I, I I think it's with some of that context that this is uh, this is probably done in. Do you know what I mean? It's like it's a it's a name drop reference, isn't it? It's like it's, it's a bit yeah. of a tribute, yeah. isn't it? In the same way, yeah. Definitely yeah. killed with the Spinal Tap riff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, it's like a like that, but slightly slightly less essential. Like a nod, like a knowing yeah. nod, mm. yeah. nodding a wink to a blind man. M- music so snobs, aren't you? Yeah. So I, I so I think overall the song's absolutely great. I I was I was like I was thinking about what Al said actually about the violin. I wondered if it was an ebo actually on the guitar. It's very shimmery. I've not checked. I've not looked at the uh, the the uh, the details of the album, but it sounds like one. It sounds a bit produced for a for a violin to make. It sounds too regular for a violin sound, but mm-hmm. I don't know. But it's uh, it is a bit different to their other stuff. It's all texture, isn't it? Really. Mm. Yeah, it's very nice. I mean, it, it is skirting very close to a cover version, but Smith makes it his own, and he, and he gets a where we're doing the voice which is you know always good so apparently that the, there's lecky talks about how they did two takes uh, of the song that they liked and he liked his vocals on one and he liked the um you know the music on the other now like you talk about the you know george martin talk about this well we took it and we had to speed it up and you know a third and you know it fits perfectly these don't fit at all they're not even have the same structure he just put the lyric the vocals from one version over the top of the other that's why he says and the drums come in and then they come in like like 20 seconds later or something like that and then like the verses and choruses move at different times but it absolutely works brilliant and um mark's standing next to carl while carl's battering the drums so all of the drums are coming through the vocal mics and um but it's fantastic it's beautiful um you know great beat thanks jackie and uh everything's just out of time and uh yeah i mean who is mr her stockhausen listener was in cahoots with fritz lieber fear recipe for fear gas amount of salt ash i put by cup of mine fire I have no time for Western lesson. The rock that was an egg is in the wrong cradle. The hand that cradles the rock makes egg gooey, says it all, doesn't it? What? Oh, I tell you what, Leon said something about it. I can't imagine about a tribute to Damo. I can see why he appreciated it, even if he seems like an optimistic man, resolutely at peace and kindness. And that may be his default. Mez evocatively references the Damo world, lyrically and sonically, but the unstoppable repetition with Carl's mighty drum thwack. A piece of art based on inspiration rather than pastiche. They didn't do that kind of, yeah, obviously it's very close to come, but they didn't do many other songs that <laughs> had that kind of motoric thing and had that kind of can feel, although it influenced a lot of songs here and there, but they didn't do many straight up. Well, it depends what you mean about the can feel, doesn't it? Because you've got like the two albums that everybody talks about is Eggy Bam Yassi and Tego Mego. But the other albums, there's there's quite a bit of stretch on it. It doesn't all just sound like that kind of so even the movie sounds quite different to those two albums, mm. doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, what was I going to say? I, I, I think um, the question <laughs> that Ben asked before about sort of how do you rate the two songs against each other? It's, it, it's like this isn't 
this is one of them outlier type tunes, isn't it? I was thinking, what other what other kind of homage tunes have they done? And I was thinking, like, Glam Racket is, is like the only <laughs> other one I can think of. And Elves, so about those 15 songs where they just use the riff from I Want to Be Your Dog? <laughs> all them. There's a few. Yeah, is that everyone? Tim I said anything so. about this? Let's see what Tim says. He's put magical, cavernous reverb. Love the drum sound. The whole arrangement is like a shamanistic ritual, really painterly, really painterly. This one could go all the way for me, calling it kinda. The way it falls apart towards the end is majestic and one of my favorite things. Music. Well, that's going out then, isn't it? Easy, huh. isn't it? Ezra's Ezra's thrown in some stuff on the back channel, but he can't make it because of uh, all the babbies. But <laughs> what about hundreds of babies? What about we listen to Australians in Europe? What it's up against? Venus. Going straight out, isn't it? This Ben, what do you reckon to Australians in Europe? I really love it, and um, um, I've always really loved uh, the Peel Session version, uh, which, um, as I said before, was the first thing I taped of the fall and might be the first thing I ever heard. I'm not sure, and um, so uh, I, I prefer the peel session version to that version uh although i love that bit at the start where he's talking to somebody australian do you know who that is uh who he's yes. talking to and who is it so it's so he wrote a play called um hey luciani yeah me and phil are actually going to put that on here's an advert for everyone listening press no switch press switch so we've we got this we got the transcript and turned it into a script and now phil's practicing it with some actors and we're putting it on at the press which press arts which festival. arts festival in in the 24th of september i think 23rd 24th of september we're going to stage it for the first time since 1985 uh but this fella who's talking he was trevor stewart and he played luciani in the original play in 85 and i think potentially smith's talking to him about doing luciani in manchester and liverpool that's what that's where my mind went when i listened to it but uh, yeah no i don't know if there's a, <laughs> much of a connection other than he's australian yeah yeah no he's australian but, but uh uh it's it's a lovely bit because mark's voice sounds really nice and it's just it's very cozy like a cozy bit and um and the song is really aggressive but yes um uh the, the, the I'm just going to talk about the Peel session version, yeah, yeah. and and um, because the sound is is really aggressive, and and um, the reason that's my favourite full sound uh, is because of uh, it. Uh, it's so it's so it's so rich but abrasive, and um, yeah, it's, it's it's just really great, you know. Uh, so I love Australians in Europe. Yeah, I love the lyrics. But uh, the chord structure is amazing, and I don't. Uh, it's an exotic song, you know. You're saying about how there's not really any songs like um, Samu Suzuki. There's not. Really, mm. There's not really any other songs in my. I can't think of anything else that's like Australians in Europe. It's like uh, unique. Uh, and um, uh, yeah, and I, I was going to bring up the sort of Brick Smith debate because 
a lot of people don't like bricks and or prefer the fall before her or whatever and um and um m- m- my introduction to the fall was with bricks in it so i didn't have to deal with that problem you know yeah, and yeah. um and uh the sound is the sound of the fall my favorite fall sound is that you know that pinnacle of that period with bricks in it and um yeah i just love it but it's, I, 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 I get goose pimples as well listening to australians in europe there's not many songs i get goose pimples with but so far all of the songs we've been talking about today i do ah. and i don't really know why it is you know, because it's uh, it's mis- it's again, it's a mystery. It's something about the chords and his vocals. You know, when he goes higher and they change chords, I find that very uh, emotional. Because <laughs> it's sort of I don't know, maybe because it's uh, very re- realistic or something. You know? You're you're taken directly to the studio where they're recording, and you're that you, you feel like you're there with them. But it's not a live recording per se. It's a studio recording. You know, it's a it's a an attempt to get the perfect version of the song down. Yeah. Yeah, I really love it. Yeah, nice. I, I think, I don't know, because I guess most of us also came to the fall after that period, you know, Bricks was already in or had already gone at that point when we got into it. I think I came into it pretty late. I think Levitate was like the first album, so 97. So um, this that was all well gone. So when I got in those, they were just different eras of the fall and love them all. Like Bricks is fantastic, wonderful stuff, but you know, it's a different band. And uh, yeah. And, and yeah, I guess we're saying like those two songs, Damosuke and Australians Europe, there's nothing else like it. And that's true for just so much of, of all the fall stuff. You just pick six random songs and they, you know, other than Smith, they could be six completely different bands. Um, what do um, what do you lads think of this song? Well, um, it's dead similar to Damo Suzuki in the way that it's um, lifting riffs again, isn't it? Is it a Genesis song that they do on this? And it's not not the, not the decent Genesis as in Porridge. Um, but yeah, it's, it's like they've got that prog rock thing that it gets into uh, partway through. So there's a nice bit of recycling going on. Um, but yeah, it's some fucking groovy shit. Like, um, the, the, the bits that I really like on it is the, the, the delay on the, uh, the yelps and the squeals that Smith's doing. That really sort of like gives it another... Yeah, I don't know, Add, add another little layer to the to the, the, the texturing of the song, uh, but it's, it's a really it's, it's a really good groovy tune. Um, yeah, I'll leave it at that. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, we've said before about in this song, he, his vocals stray into Johnny Rotten, and that yelping reminds me of Morrissey that he does on uh, what is it? Jumped up country boy, you never. Oh, whatever song that is. <laughs> this charming man. That was uncanny. That, that was him. That was him. I brought him round for it. He's, he'll do anything now because no one will interview him. He's the only away, Morrissey. Come, come in. Somebody's out. Come in, Don't Stephen. Don't keep Alan Morrissey away from each other. Can you do a bit of singing for me? No worries, lad. Uh, but I think that's... Uh, <laughs> I think... Um, those, those synths that are running in the background, I think they should have been pushed up front and centre for me because I think it's almost craftworky, but then that stuff gets buried. And it is a nice tune, but it just chugs along a little bit for, for me. And um, I think having got Australians, come on, it's a bit low-hanging fruit, isn't it? You know, Nick Cave. I don't think, he's not having a go at Australians. He's 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 just uh, they're just they're just the, today's topic for his his pen, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, of course, right. Your cover versions are naff, and you live in Berlin. You're you're like a Van Gogh savage. 
McGregor's kilt. That's what he says about his mate, his buddy, buddy Nick. Somebody on the Annotated Fall goes on for ages about how this stemmed from like a meeting where Shane McGowan and Nick Cave and, and Mark Smith were drained at their enemy offices and they all got pissed up. But but Smith was so pissed that the other two piss heads took the piss out of him for not being able to put any words together. So then Nick Cave and Shane McGowan went off and uh, recorded It's a Wonderful World and uh, Mez poured his dislike of Nick Cave into this track and Danny then takes that apart bit by bit. <laughs> he goes, he comes in and he goes, as you say, <laughs> as I pointed out, the summit was January 25th, January 1989. This song's first documented performance was April 1987. It was a broadcast on appeal session in May 1987. It was first released on the hit The North single in October 1987. In fact, the group had stopped playing it by December 1988. I submit that the summit, therefore, cannot have anything to do with the origins of this song. <laughs> Danny, we love Detective you. instincts. Do not get close. Do not do not take that man on in matters of the fall. Um, what are we talking about here? Uh, we love the Australians in Europe. Tim, what does he think of this? Um, Timothy Tim Tim has put another better but much more straightforward. That guitar cutting through the high mid sounds unique in the catalogue, and I love how funky but simple the rhythm section is. Sounds sort of proggy without being at all progressive stadium, but without the nonsense. I could have happily had an album of this. I love the up up delay thing. Mez does good shit. Good shit. Yeah, yeah. It is nice. Uh, this one's got a kind of instant classic status, says Leon over there on the internet. Top fist, festive 50. However, not sure if production has stood up as well as the other tunes. Was it Ian Browdy? I don't think it was Ian Browdy. Might have been, though, because he did some stuff around this time. Would benefit from some of the rougher sonics of Patrip or Damo. It's basically a xenophobic piss-take in which criminals are evoked. Best insult. McGregor's killed with no chin. Are Aussies still seen as fur game for this stuff? Note some of the vocal effects and production tricks used. Um, ben, can I ask you about your controversial song lyrics? Yeah. Your, some of your songs are, are, are controversial. They're, they're close to the knuckle or the bone or yeah. things like that. Yeah. Yeah. Near to the knuckle, close to the bone. Yeah. Uh, sorry. Que- that, wasn't a question, that wasn't a question, was it? <laughs> <laughs> we did it. it was, uh, we did it. We got the apology. Yeah, gotcha. You were begging the question. I think and uh, and then so I I sort of made up the question in my head and then the answer was sorry you know because uh, <laughs> what else can I say really language Timothy um but uh, racism might as well I've I've definitely uh, I had a song called Tough Luck on Jock that um, was racist at the expense of Scottish people and I insulted Irish people in there and uh, who else is there. That comes from Britain. Welsh. Uh, yeah, but no, because it the because uh, then I say not the Welsh because they right, love the Welsh because of yeah, that Bluggy and, and Dave Edwards. So you write the, yeah. nice so, songs about the Welsh. It, well, no, I mean the thing is, the song was I don't remember a lot of my lyrics. Um, I have trouble now justifying uh, because I can't really remember um, kind of what I was exactly thinking, and so with some songs. Like bitches, fuck off. For instance, I'd I'd rather not have written it from the point of view of a fifty-one-year-old father who's going to have to explain it to my daughter. I'm just going to say I have no idea what I was on about. Now, when the CD came out, and my I was in my mum's bedroom with my mum, and my mum was 
getting me to play the songs and she said at one point why are you skipping over track seven or whatever and i it feels i feel like and i you know and it's terrible we're all laughing about it you know but i can't remember what 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 happened in that room then how i explained it or but, but i just assume now that what i was going for was in that song a kind of feeling of rage uh that i experienced in certain moments and um you know and i felt that it was i would have felt at the time that it was a good lyric you know and then all the rest of it is is neither here nor there i wouldn't have been thinking about politics or justifying it or or feminism or anything because i'm a feminist you know so so um but then and then i think the same thing goes for if i if i use lyrics that sound racist it's like it's because the song demands it you know and whatever it is i'm on about <laughs> i don't really know what i'm you know, on about you know when you said before about hanging around with a lot of artists like your, your sort of friendship circle and stuff i i mm. that earlier country teaser stuff i hear quite a lot of british new artists like atmosphere in it like it's sort of damien hurst and that can't there was there was a sort of that that whole cool britannia vibe that was going on at the time in the uh, in the 90s it, it strikes me a lot of similar sort of tropes that are going on in it and similar kind of things that are being explored because i guess the boundary is the same isn't it within the culture mm. so I, that's because I, I was thinking about, i was when um brendan asked us to put a playlist together of your stuff i was re-listening to a lot of the early stuff and thinking well yeah it does it does have that atmosphere about it you know what i mean does that does that ring true with you or well um yeah like when you when you hang out with lots of artists i think as i did um it does open your mind up to um quite quite as you say quite a wide um spectrum of philosophy and aesthetics and um you know you can see i'm sort of struggling to 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 theorize about it but um I, you know i had quite a good education and um uh and my tastes have always been quite uh uh, I'm always looking for, for sort of hardcore stuff, not 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 like a cliche of hardcore, but like ex- extreme um, extreme metaphors. I think Jersey well, calls it th- things that are extreme intellectually and and um, not not like schlock horror or or horrible things. I don't really. I've, I've got a very low tolerance for for nasty things, but in terms of music and art, I'm interested in things that are really difficult uh like um uh i really like the shadow ring because the shadow ring seemed to me to have really pushed the boat out in terms of difficult music although they're hugely popular and i don't know if you've heard the shadow ring but but um but they're great but like yeah so anyway to when I was writing lyrics, when I started writing lyrics, and Marky e. Smith's a big influence, I wanted to write lyrics that hadn't been written before and were going to be shocking. Um, sometimes I've said in interviews, I wanted to write shocking lyrics because they would attract the listener to, to listen to the music. Because really, you know, I'm mainly into writing music and then I have to write lyrics because it's a song. That's the genre, isn't it? You know, song. Um, but, you know uh um yeah <laughs> i'll let that <laughs> sentence die in the water i, I kind of like found a lot of your stuff to be um kind of like non-discriminatory in the extreme in the way that it was like you hated everyone and you wanted to kill everyone uh so in, in that way it, it was quite pc <laughs> yeah nihilism yeah across the board yeah you know politically i think there's a lot wrong with the the race you know it's quite a popular opinion these days you know we've got to correct ourselves the um 
Smith would always kind of, he wouldn't talk about that very much, but it would always suggest that it was character. He was writing from characters, which is always I find interesting when uh, listen to your interviews and you didn't necessarily go down that line. You were more like these were uh, maybe feelings or thoughts I had in the instant, didn't necessarily carry them on for, you know, a long time, but maybe they just came to me and then I was like, oh, that's something that would... <laughs> make sense in a song um yeah just uh we yeah, got it, but it we, got, we dug ourselves in a little bit there didn't we and yeah. we're still digging <laughs> we're still digging <laughs> okay it's a big subject character is important as well though because because i'm always in character and i'm singing with the american accent and uh and uh william burroughs um uh, racists and and uh, and uh, um, uh, redneck types and uh, but 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 it's a good you know um, the 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 uh, when Marky Smith sings um, I believe in the R and R dream R and R's primal scream so so when we're singing uh, for me uh, it's helpful if I can like be really like screaming like in rage and then it'll also be controlled and I can sneak things in that are that are non-ironic sometimes as well as ironic, you know, and so because satire uses irony to get its point across. So, so it's all mixed in together because there's, because, because uh, it's like art for me is when you are presenting um, a an objective picture of the world, how, how you, you think the world is objectively, but you're presenting it uh, through your personal subjective uh eyes or whatever in a way so so the reason we react react to, to our um you know be it music or whatever visual or books the reason we react to it uh, is because the the character of the person writing the novel appeals to us and um and then once once we've been hooked in by that then we then we learn their what they're they're trying to put across how the world is uh yeah yeah i i, I go along with that it's like a, it's a communication thing the only the only thing that i would i would guard against was getting me and brent into a conversation about truth which is which is a whole rabbit hole let's listen to some great rock and roll songs by ben instead just to have a bit of a calm down after that chat what's next what's what's well, it's next good to know we can edit that whole section out as well i've just remembered that <laughs> oh, what are we yeah oh where's my uh lost down lost it professionals we live in a car here we go random choice Forwarded his song while he's here. Sorry, Ben. No problem.
Everyone plays that one because that's a super nice tune. But that one's but um... there's, some, there's some stuff there that you put out over the years on some bloody brilliant labels, though, like um, labels that I, I really love, like Crypt and the Red Fat Possum. Um, do, do you hate them all? Do, do you tend to sort of like a bit like Smith did fall out with the record companies? Or you did, did they just approach you and go, oh, Do you fancy putting something out? No, um, yeah. what happened was uh, I sent one demo off. I played, we played a gig in Edinburgh and the and the the guy that put the gig on said you should send a, a demo off to Crypt Records, uh, which I'd never heard of. And I sent the demo off to Crypt Records and they wrote back Tim Warren saying, we'd love to do a record with you. That's the only rec- That was the first time I'd sent a demo off. And um, then they ran out of money. So they sent us on tour with Satan, uh, the first album and then they paid for the second album. And then the second tour came around and uh, the record uh, label bosses um wife who ran the label with him phoned me and said now there's not going to be as much money this time on the tour because things have gone bad for us since dance music came out or whatever and you're going to have to what you're going to have to do ben is like sell the t-shirts and the cds and the records and and what you do is you you sell them and then you you keep them the profit you make off the off the off the cds and the t-shirts and by this time i in fact before but five minutes ago, I'd already stopped listening to her because I didn't know what the fuck she was on about. I had no clue what she was on about at all. And um, all I was interested in was we were going to be going on tour again and it was going to be great, just like the last one. Anyway, so we uh, ran out of money and uh, that was the end of that. And then uh, a few years later, um, the, we we had an acquaintance with, uh, with John Spencer, um, his guitarist Judah and Judah, Judah Bauer. And uh, yeah, we were talking to him, Alistair, my the guitarist, he knew him. And, uh, and and Judah said, you should send a demo to Fat Possum because they had a record on Fat Possum. And I sent, and or whatever happened, you know, so then Fat Possum agreed they wanted to do an album. So we did Destroy All Human Life, which they paid for. 
uh, and then they paid for us to go on tour of America, and then and then that ran out of money. And I remember getting a statement about we seem to be forty eight thousand pounds in debt or something. Don't worry, lads, you won't have to actually pay it back, but that's the debt, you know. And that was the end of that. Just the one album, and then in the red were like the 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 sort of secret girlfriend in the background who always loves you and is always going to support you no matter what because in the red uh, was affiliated with crypt in some way and then so yeah then in the red uh said we'll do a single or something and then we were within the red for the rest of the albums and they would support us on tour when they could sometimes we just did tours of america under our own theme uh yeah but we've never fallen out within the red and and um people ask me if we're ever going to do another album and it looks very unlikely i don't i, I don't see how it could happen but i'd love it it I haven't written it off and in the red whenever i meet uh in the red they always say you know will you do another album we'll pay for it you know and um so you know uh we've never fallen out really with any out with any labels we just we just sort of bled them dry of money by not being um successful i think is the word Beautiful. not commercially successful commercially successful thank you yeah well. you know <laughs> but it's false economy in the long run isn't it i bet because tim warren just re-released a country teasers albums uh on crypt so yeah. uh you know that's good nice. and i think fat bottom re-released destroy human life at least once yeah did you play with uh, talking fat possum did you play with neil Haggerty recently or is that i i supported neil Haggerty um wow, back now, that was... 20 it was this century it was okay this, might have even it was last decade thing probably 2014 or something like that 2015 yeah. love neil haggard he's in trouble now though i think he's still in jail for the terrible stuff up here awful hope he sorts it out but um mm. let's let's move back on to this competition of the four <laughs> songs which is the last showdown did we take a vote we didn't take a vote did we? No. that's the whole point of this so damo suzuki or did we even talk about it them songs yeah we did australians in europe versus damo suzuki phil which way are you going australian or damo no damo damo for me hi ben um damo yeah very good oh you went down as well it's official alistair so if i thought i can't change my mind if i've written it down here lock it in change my mind and see. <laughs> we'll find out what truth uh, well anyway i'm going with damo yeah we're all going with damo because as nice as australians is it can't really he can't really hold a candle to Damo, surely. Um, yes. And then Michael E's gone for that. And uh, I'm pretty sure our friend on the other side has as well. Ezra's a contrarian, though. He's probably gone for the other way. Uh, yes, he has. He's gone. <laughs> Australians in Europe. Of course he has. But um, whatever. <laughs> Doesn't matter. So last showdown is the quartet of Doc Shanley. Um, I'll play this one, Phil, if you don't mind. There's a message from in the air come from crazy horses riding everywhere. It's a warning, it's in every tongue. Stop them crazy horses on the run. What a show that they I'm just, I'm just messing with you, lads. This, that was crazy. This is by the Osmonds. Hey, did you, did you, did you notice that it's uh, Gene Ween singing as well from Ween? <laughs> I was going to. So the, 
Did you get the stallion name from Ween? Yes. Yes. I, I was. There's yes. a lot of Weenie stuff going on in your stuff as well. Oh yeah. Love the Weens. Love the Weens. Oh, yeah. I remember. Um, uh, I remember when God Ween certain got reviewed in the enemy and they got none out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> and that was like instant recommendation. The stallion. I love the cock. Reminded me of uh, the stallion song by by Ween as well. But uh, thank you. Yes. Um, Phil, why don't you play for us if you don't mind very much? Uh, why don't you play the real song Quartet of Doc Shandy album Levitate in the year of our Lord Quartet of Doc Shanley. Um, yes. What do you make to this, Ben? Uh, I really love it, and uh, not as much as the other ones. And um, uh, I um, was grateful for the opportunity to check up on it because Levitate, um, I'd given up on the fall uh, after uh, Extricate, and um, there's three or four songs on Shiftwork that I really love. And I remember when Shiftwork came out, I taped it and sent it to my friend in America and he sent the tape back, taped over with Wild Billy Childish saying, that's rubbish, that Fall album. And I was like, how can a Fall album be rubbish? And then I thought, mm, I, 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 I also think it's rubbish. And then I didn't like any of their albums. I remember going into Virgin and listening to something like Cerebral Caustic or something like that on the cans. And I was like, no. So I'd completely jumped ship. And, uh, and then... Uh, in 1997, uh, a friend of mine said, have you heard the new Fall album? And uh, I said, no, because I don't listen to new Fall albums anymore. I've given up. Uh, I'm not going to be played like a fool and cheated. And uh, and uh, and he said, no, it's really good. You know, so I listened to Levitate and I couldn't believe it. I was so happy. And um, the sound, you know, the drum sound, I think it's very important to get the drum sounding good. And uh, it's like, yeah, it's just like, I didn't know any of the background, any of the what might have been going on in the fall camp with the lineup or any discussion. No clue about any of that. All I knew was it sounded great. And um, so Quartet of Doc Shanley, I wasn't quite clear which one it was, but I listening to it again. Yes, I love that one. Uh, I love uh, the song before. And um, so it's one of the if, if it levitates about 90 percent in my opinion, really good or 80% really good. It's one of, it's part of that, you know, like with, with, with quarter and a half inch or whatever it's called and uh, Hurricane Edward and Jungle Rock and Old Gang and all the rest of it. So yeah, I think it's uh, really good. And like you put the drums in, in a, in a bathroom or something. I don't know how they recorded the drums, but it sounds like um, the drums were all being recorded with basically one microphone and uh, in, in a room like a bathroom, really live. And so if it's Carl Burns or whoever it is that's playing, or Simon Puston. <laughs> all right, now wife chimes in with her bit. <laughs> 
getting her ten cents in. She's saying so that's why you recorded our band in the bathroom. Yeah, no, it wasn't. It's was so that you could all be naked, so I could record you all naked. That's why I put it in the bathroom. <laughs> so uh, yeah. yes, because drums. I love Simon Wollstonecraft uh, with a passion, and um, uh, all all the drummers. But there was something going on with the sound, the rhythm section in the fall that wasn't satisfying and on un- un- levitate, it's really satisfying suddenly, you know, and I, I, it sounds like <laughs> the drums have been put in a bathroom and recorded with one mic. It's really gainy, it's really loud. You know, you said no distortion or whatever, but whatever that sound is, because when, you know, uh, and Marky Smith, did you read an interview around the time in The Wire magazine where, where The Wire, it was like The Wire was saying, Mark, why have you now done a good album having done loads of really bad? And it was like saying, <laughs> Oh, I'll tell you why. It's because I have my ears to in. You know, like, that's, that's why, you know. Stuart Lee um, got 10 minutes out of that, didn't he? Did he? <laughs> oh, that's so there uh, it is. No, it's beautiful. And the, the production on the album, like, if you look at the Light like, Use that was the year before, which is arguably the turning point when they got good again after a lull, middle class revolt and all that. So, although we've learned through this process that there's great tracks on every album. But, yes. But Light like, User is a great album, but it's a traditional rock album. Last one that Bricks is on, she goes. This is a bit. This is very much Julian Nagel's album, I think. The production, and it's informed a lot by big beat, dancey kind of music. And I think whether or not the drums are programmed, because some of them are, or whether it's just that really live recording. Uh, this the album sounds really good, and it's dated. I mean, it's it's, it's twenty odd years old at this point, so, and and still sounds really good. Unlike some of the some of the other kind of drums, uh, drum tracks and bass tracks on on the other <clears throat> albums of that time, the middle class revolt era, the, the the major label kind of stuff. Alistair, what do you reckon to this quartet? nonsense pretty much what you were saying about Nagel like how she's like a really really strong player on uh, on Levitate you know she's a big influence and uh, I think without her it would have sounded a hell of a lot different and there'd probably be a bunch of different songs on there you know um, it wouldn't exist if it weren't for Nagel um, but yeah it's, it's some very nice sort of like lo-fi technically groove going on like it's quite minimal um, I like it but it's not one of my favourites from Levitate I think for me and I know maybe there's some tongue in cheek to say that it's not a real song if it doesn't have words, but I think uh, this one, just the kind of spoken word stuff, it doesn't quite do it for me. And there are some some fall songs that have spoken word stuff that really works, but I think this just julia and, and mark kind of like randomly put it in kind of non sequitur kind of stuff doesn't doesn't really doesn't really hold together for me. No, I was just I just, blather, just blathering on. Like what happens is sometimes there's nobody in the room. Like we'll start talking, and Alistair will go for a shit, and Phil will go for whatever he does in his kitchen, sacrificing a chicken or something. And I'm just talking all about these fucking songs. Like, oh, it's fucking great. Blah 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 blah. Like like people are listening to me. It's a matter, but it's a good song. <laughs> But I don't think I think <clears throat> I want Smith and Julia to do a more of a duetty kind of style thing. I want a big more meat in the in the vocals. But so this like, is like 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 Leonard and Nancy Sinatra. Yeah, a little bit like that, but not quite. I mean, El- Elania might do that on a couple, but hey, this kind of this kind of uh, pentangle stuff in the lyrics. That's all you're. That's why you're into all that, aren't you, Phil Rigby, Wizard? Nah. <laughs> Yeah. Big, big fan of Venom is Phil. 
I, I was when I was listening to this, I think it's it's quite deceptive the song in some ways because the first couple of times I listened through to it, I thought there wasn't much variation, and then after I sort of honed in on on the bass a bit more, it's like there's loads of variation going on. It's almost like a jam at point, but the 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 drums the drums are what a kind of the strongest point and the weakest point for me in this as well. It's like I know the the Julian Engel thing is is really important with this album, but I don't think this is her best showing. Um, it does. It, it's not. It's not the worst thing from a dating point of view. But uh, it's. It's also. It, it feels. I don't know. It feels like it's missing something as well. Like it's. It's. It just needs something to lift it a little bit. Um, but I, I was. I kind of got stuck on the idea of what the quartet is in reference to, and I wondered if there's like four voices going on in this. Is the is the woman's voice Nagel? Do you reckon? Yeah, it's it's Julia, and then Smith talks, and there is another voice, at least one no, more. Smith's got two, at least. He's got two different okay. lines going on in it. Might be that. Then it might be the vocal interplay that they're referring to there. That would be a poetic way of talking about it. Yeah. <laughs> Well done, bro. What does um what does Leon think? Leon says excellent track, a great tribute to the finest UK bassist. That would be that would be Steve Hanley. Massive overdriven bass grooves and a huge snare. Wouldn't be sniffed up. I say DJ Crush or the Chemical Brothers. Mez expertly keeping out of the way, wired for the weird, which it was. There's nothing like it in rock. I guess so. It's nice, nice stuff. What does Tim think? He, he's, has he got time for this? Well, he says, a crunchy and crushed up bit of beat making, but a bit thin on ideas, maybe. Not that I care about that when it's on. I think some of the stuff from this record is the most successful The Fall ever were at making proper dance music. And this one is an ass shaker for me, but maybe not something I want to pay too much attention to otherwise. Indeed, indeed. So it's up against the past, as, um, which is the last one tonight. And uh, let's have a list of the past hashtag two off uh, Real New Fall album, formerly Country on the Click. What you put in mouth, a lot of things that weren't there. Free assumptions don't bring a harvest. But I love the justice and proud and proud of melancholy. The feeling that makes you an intelligent species. Sure, the invention of a lamb. Captivating in her heart, juice and justice. The lion down, lion straight back. Your neck is great. See, I was asking for uh, like a more meaty vocal kind of thing but i didn't want this this is this is not this is not an improvement nice gnarly mez intro over a chirpy beat and some whirring keys um Eleni on the chirpy chirpy cheap sheep but no thank you on those vocal interjections from the others but tight minimal bass and, and keys no bass come on surely this required a heavy heavy bass ben what do you reckon to um the past number hashtag two terrible Awful, really bad. Yeah, like, um, but uh, the, uh, you know, the other version of the album that we were discussing before, uh, that uh, a guy gave me a copy of it, a CD of it. And um, he said, don't tell anyone that I've given you this. And uh, um, so, but it was a proper, it was like, a, it was like, a, it was like a, 
you know, uh, a promo CD yeah. in a sleeve had printed, you know, so it was in the re- it was in the record industry floating around. And um, and uh, like Levitate, for me, I really loved it. I thought it was amazing. And because uh, I think the guy had said, you know, this is really good. You know, if you think the fall have gone off the boil or whatever. And um, and uh, yeah, and I loved it, loved the whole album. And I taped it uh, and I've still got the tape. I lent the CD to somebody else and he still got it, I hope. But I've still got the tape. And anyway, um, when I bought the album, the real new fall album, um, after knowing all the stories about how Jim Watts had been sacked or whatever. And then Marky Smith, said, no, to this, you know unofficial bootleg and then changed things and I got the album got the album and I was very sad and disappointed because um I just thought it was a lot worse and um so I listened to the past number two and I think that's a good illustration of unfortunately just just sounds a lot worse and 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 so then just before the today this morning i managed to get the opportunity to i couldn't get into the garage to get the tape it's chocker with some neighbors stuff they're storing and um so thanks to the internet i could just google country on the click original thing and um i listened to the country on the click version and i think it's really good it's really aggressive you know, it comes in very hard and the central melody is very is very prominent on it whereas in the country on the in the official version it's it's not and um mark delivery you know he's got this thing where as he got older he starts going like this a lot and um he's not doing that on on the country on the click he's doing his pure sound uh so uh yeah so i like that version and i don't like the version that we're discussing so it's going to be very easy for me to when it comes to the true but thing. all versions are on the table so that counts oh does it, it? Count. we could put a little asterisk next to it if it gets uh, through like listen to the other one because that's better i've forgotten but what the other song is that it's up against it doesn't matter it's fine <laughs> phil, what, phil what you what do you what do you think of one of these songs have you already told um, us phil no I, I, us, uh, I didn't i didn't tell you what i thought about australia Australians in Europe, either. Did you know? No, but I would have been outnumbered anyway. So I, I, I keep my own counsel on these things. Right. Uh, but, but on the past, um, I, I really like this. I, I, I do a lot of uh, heavy criticism of the Greenway, and although he, he doesn't do a lot of showing off on this, I think he is his his arrangement is great on it. Just they're saying, they're saying Greenway. It's too early for Greenway. It's country on is the click. Not? This, nah. Who is it? This is um. <clears throat> Who was it on? Um, Bert is it not Jim Watt? Is it not Jim Watt? Jim, Jim's or? Jim's on bass, I think. Jim was bass. Okay. Jim's on bass. I get right, back well, to whoever's, whoever's playing that long, sustained, whammy kind of bend on the guitar is uh, is a stroke of genius. I think I think it's great, and I love Elaine's little uh, interjections on the on the plinky plonk keyboard. I think it it works really well. It it really sounds like I want you by Can. To me, this I get that whole kind of shouty chorus thing that they do is just straight lift off. I want you, as far as I'm concerned. But um, I do like this tune. I think it's got a bit of cheekiness to it, and I, it gets my foot tapping. And I, I like that. It's, it's a Ben Pritchard who's on one of the TLCs. Of course, it is. Of course, and he's really good. And then 
I always get this one mixed up with uh, Aspen, Midnight in Aspen, which I think is Steve Trafford. It's beautiful. So oh. when I, when this came on, I was expecting Midnight in Aspen, but I got the, the kind of names mixed up. Um, earlier, Ben, you were talking about when he says, and the drums come in on Damo Suzuki. And I thought of another song that, that tells you about the next part of the song. And it's Robbie Williams song where he says, and that's a good line to take it to the bridge. <laughs> Hey, yeah, that's brilliant, isn't it? Yeah, he does that. Um, Alistair, what do you think of this song? Well, I did quite like country on the, the click, and I think this one's a very sort of minimal but kind of like groovy tune. So, you've got like the, the strict beat, don't really do much, but it's there, it's very metronomic, uh, which I think that kind of gives it a bit of a strength. You've got um, like Mad Ranting. Uh, Smith this doing his uh, uh, Charlie Chuck style vocals um, and keyboard reminds me of Bob Quintron um, just the sound of it I think man oh, like everything's dead yeah. straight dead minimal straight to the point functional a lot of fun yeah, well brilliant done. i think uh this this is this is what this is what leon thinks leon, leon thinks that i like how the song just flies into mez's vocal performance the seeds like organ galad garage keeps up is possibly about truth and how to be in a world where the truthful individual the subjects like in many fall lyrics both seem to make sense and you know what he's getting at it's super thought-provoking and you can't say that about any of the new songs on the new Blur album. That's what he said. But uh, thank you, Leon, for those opinions. It's time to take a vote, I think, or it's time to listen to what Tim thinks and then take a vote. That's a good recovery. Right, love this track. A proper Mez rant sermon over a weird sort of disco feeling. Song structure that feels like it needs a set of dance moves to perform alongside the backing box. Locomotion style. The dipshit keyboard stabs are glorious and the vocal performance and lyrics are superb. Pictureless memories dissolve in a panic. Motif. The one can see oneself in the mould. It can be different with all boys and girls dead too. The one can be seen oneself in the world can be different. It, it, it definitely can indeed. So let's take a vote. Is um, Ben, which way are you going? Doc Shanley or the past? He's got Doc Shanley 11 out of 10. That's not, that's not even mathematically possible, but I'll allow it. Um, Alistair, which way are you going? I'm going to go with the past. Hash oh, really? Okay, I'm I'm with Doc Shanley on this one. Philip? I'm going to the past. Oh, la la. And... Uh, the invisible one has gone for the past as well. Lie down like that. <laughs> yes, Brendan. So, so has so has the other one. Uh, Michael's gone for the past, and um, have you got to do maths now? No, everyone's <laughs> gone. For, everyone's gone this... for the past. Everyone's gone for it. Just me and Ben who think rightly so that Doc Shanley is a better song, but whatever. So um, Doc Shanley goes through. <laughs> And um, <laughs> that, that's that's the end of round two. Doc Shanley's won. It's the best song of the fall ever did. So uh, <laughs> democracy in action. Yeah. Very good. Well, Ben, I'm going to play a couple more uh, tunes for, from you. But I, because I was listening to some of your interviews this week and you talked about that, that Bluey a lot and especially you wrote that 
great song for for David, who sadly passed away a, a few years back. If you don't mind, I'll play us out with. Um, so you, tra- one of the songs that you play, the, you you also translated one of their songs. Is that right? Uh, or you tried to? That's the in the lyric. The lyric. The- that in the lyric I, I sing I try to translate the lyrics but I got them wrong which is <laughs> stupid lyric stupid thing to say uh, but it rhymes obviously wrong can you guess what word I might be trying to rhyme with wrong no no not at all. I'm not I, I'm not a lyricist I wouldn't no, I wouldn't I, have any idea sorry. yeah I forgot um so uh yes but I uh, thought you uh, were referring to secrets in Welsh that I thought that was the song that you would try to know I wrote that song myself in Welsh and uh uh sort of pigeon welsh because i don't know how to uh speak welsh but i translated it sort of word for word into welsh and um uh dave, dave said i did a good job and he he reckoned he could understand it but i've never mm-hmm. had a never had a, any other a non-biased welsh speaker tell me if it's very good i welsh, don't think but, yeah. there are any non-biased welsh speakers surely <laughs> I was a huge fan of Gorky's Agatic Monkey, so I bought a lot of stuff on Angst. And the first, that, that, that bluey, I had a compilation and, and it was the first track on it. And I remember him singing at the end, a blah, 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 the end. And I was like, that is fucking an amazing way to, and I, I do that all the time. I love, if I do on this podcast all the time, like blah, 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 that's the end. But just from that song, which is Chian as well, Akaki Hani Grim Gimri. My Welsh is rusty. But uh, (laughs) if you don't mind, I'm going to finish by playing the Secrets in Welsh and David, I hope you don't mind, and that that Bluey song. Um, But Ben, I know we kept you way longer than we said. I apologise for that. No worries. It's been delightful. It's been brilliant. Absolutely. Thank you you very much. Mm, Thank you. Thank you. Same, same. Yeah, great fun. It's very enjoyable talking about the fall. Because because uh, uh, I love them, uh, and even though I don't uh, think you can really accomplish much talking about music as opposed to listening to it, uh, still there's a huge urge to talk all day and all night about the fall. So yeah, I've really yeah. enjoyed it. Thank you. Well, you're you're very welcome back if at any time the urge strikes you. Um, that would be yes, would be wonderful. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, I can just yeah, jump yeah. on. Great. So, cheers, Ben. Um, thank you. Thank you very yeah, much, Ben. Take care, and uh, Phil and Al. I'll see you soon as well. Bye. 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 Thank Wait. you. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Felt
iaith yn unwedig. Meistroli iaith lleiafrifo fel hobi, clatiau dwi ieithog i helpu ygyrru. Agwedd cwbl addas o gyfer cynllun catrys i gmas o set dinas. Wastod yn mynd i lydaw, byth yn mynd i ffrank. Wastod yn mynd i wlad y basg, byth yn mynd i sbaen. Fi nos y mynychu bwytau wedi dydd ar y prosesydd geiriau. Mynd swydd sy'n tal i'r morgais i'ch gwyneb person cwbl cwrtais. Brysgol feithryn i brifysgol Cymru. Tocyn oes ar y trên grefi, byddai wait a fi fod yn junky na fod mor wyrdd a foster. Plaid fel hobby, dweud fod Cymru'n cael ei ochrynu er fod eich ceir a stickers. Tafel o draig, casglo graf da yn y Gymraeg. 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 Yr y Volvo gwathodyn tafel o draig. Graf da yn y Gymraeg. Graf da yn y Gymraeg. Graf da yn y Gymraeg. Cymraeg, 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 Cymraeg. Graf da yn y Gymraeg ar y Volvo. Bla, 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 that's it. Blah, 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 blah,